The Athlete CEO Podcast. Let's go. Quickly, just a 60-second, um, just a, a bit about yourself, um, if you don't mind just sharing for our viewers. Um, I'll hand it over to you. Yeah. Uh, hey, guys. I'm Liam Sui Matangi. I'm currently residing in Australia, playing for Parramatta Eels. I'm happily married. Uh, I have four kids, three boys, uh, one girl, and uh, living the dream moment. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks, also. Um so I guess, you know, we're just going to keep this really flowing, just asking a few questions, but also mainly just wanted to have a chat, um, if that's okay. And yeah. um, so let's start from the very beginning, um, where you grew up and uh, and how you sort of got into playing football. Yep. Yeah, I grew up um, out of West Auckland, born in New Zealand, um, out of uh, been my first uh, eight to ten years out in Teretu before we made the move out to Messi, where um, we spent most of my teen years out, out those ways. Um, football sort of came later on in life, uh, at the age of 19. But uh, my first oh, so you, club... You, did, uh, you, you didn't play much footy growing up? Yeah, not really. It wasn't a passion of mine at the time. Um, yeah. I, I, I probably remember playing in the under-8s or under-9s, yeah. but it was pretty just much a couple of years there. But uh, uh, that was it. They were like a recall off. So, yeah. yeah, 40 came later on for me. Yeah. So you're saying at the age of 19, you started to sort of play a bit more? Yeah, that's when um, I sort of really uh, tried to set some goals for myself and uh, really do something. And that's where I, uh, my first club was a local club called Teddy Roosters. Um, yeah. Went there for, yeah, I was there for a good couple of years. I really enjoyed my time there before I made the move over to uh, Manaba Lions. Yeah. And then, so, it's it's interesting that you say that it wasn't really a passion for you growing up, you know, playing footy. It's very similar to, I guess, my story. You know, it's yeah. uh, footy came later on. But um, I guess for those that don't don't really know much about your, your background, because you're currently at the Parramatta Eels. Um, yeah. And so, can you take us through when you were at Man Albert, sort of what... So, so what I'm trying to do is just sort of share a bit about how you actually your road to the NRL. So, yeah. if you do, if you don't mind sharing that, yeah, um, I'll probably take it right back. Um, it all started from Teletu Roosters. Yeah. I knew if I was to uh, you know set a goal, um, a dream, which was uh, you know to play in the NRL, you had to start somewhere. So, uh, Teletu, I had to do the first thing was first make the first step, uh, put into action, and signed up for the local local club there. Yeah. Played there. I knew if, if I was to uh, to move further, I had to um, sort of master the level I was at, which was the Fox Memorial. Uh, to um, learn learn my job, learn my trade as a you know prop forward, and yeah. that didn't come easy. But um, you know, uh, it all came off. Had to surround myself with people that sort of knew the job and uh, just surround myself with them and and learn learn things like uh, footwork at the line, all that kind of stuff. Just the yeah. basic uh, tools they need for you know uh, prop forward because. When I just started 19, I had no no sort of clue how to play the game. I just knew um, there was a dream. Um, you know, I set a five-year goal for myself, uh, and uh, you know, continued to put in the hard work. Uh, just uh, yeah. quit smoking. Had to make a few sacrifices, you know, and um, 
like I, I talked about a couple of years, uh, things got um, tough there at the Roosters at some stage. Uh, and then uh, I got another opportunity at Marable Lions where I, uh, you know, wanted to win a Fox Memorial ship. That was, uh, you know, yeah. the pinnacle of um, New Zealand Rugby League. I probably, yeah. yeah, I still believe at the time. Uh, Manabit Lions gave me opportunity and um, that was a goal of mine uh, was to win the Fox Memorial and um, 2012, uh, I got to, you know, we we, we, uh, we played, I think, I think it was against Point, uh, Point Sheriff in the finals and yeah. uh, we got the win there and um, an opportunity opened from, from there to go on to play New Zealand residents and um, yeah, I was fortunate enough for Matt Elliott, uh, who was the uh, New Zealand Rugby League um, Warriors coach at the time and um, he saw me and he gave me a three months uh, trial contract, you know, pre-season contract yeah. to, you know, to go to the Warriors and uh, I saw this as an opportunity. It was, you know, daunting at the time because um, I was working full time so I wasn't too sure, uh, you know, whether to grab this with both hands or uh, be in my comfort zone, which was my job. Um, you know, was, I was happily getting paid and, um, you know, just living the life there. So it was a big decision I had to make but I knew, uh, yeah. um, you know, sometimes opportunities only come once in a, you know, in a lifetime. And, uh, you know, we had to talk and um, really pray about it and ask my wife, oh, man, you know, we, we were in peace to grab this with both hands and see where it took us. And, um, yeah, yeah God, it was uh, such a blessing to uh, get that opportunity and, uh, you know, to spend my first preseason um, with the Warrior Boys, you know, um, these guys that I looked up to and, you know, watching while I was playing Fox Memorial and now, you know, rubbing shoulders with them, you know, with the likes of uh, Ben Matiluna, Manu Vatavai and guys like yeah. that. So uh, it was such a blessing, man. And uh, even though, like, I know yourself, you'll know how, how hard a preseason is, um, even though yeah. it was so hard and I was asking myself, why did I choose this as a career? Um, I had to really look at the bigger picture and, you know, I was actually, um, you know, the reality is this is where I wanted. This is uh, five years ago. I, I set a goal and, you know, now I'm here. And I'm probably yeah. just a step away from you know getting that shot, which was a, um, a NRL debut, and yeah. all this sort of happened uh, all in, yeah within the five years. That's awesome, man! And uh, you know, congratulations on, on on achieving that. But if we just take it back to when when Matthew Elliott gave you that that call, or, or he made contact with you to offer you that three month contract, what was that, what was re what was going through your mind at the time? And I know you just touched on it a bit, but what actually swayed you to take that up as opposed to saying no and just carry on playing Fox and, and getting a consistent income? Yeah. Um, yeah, I remember getting a call and um, I had a long year that year. Um, we probably finished playing footy, you know, if I probably re remember from November. So late November, we just finished. That was my last game with the New Zealand residents. Um, yeah. We just beat in the New Zealand Maldives. Um, and I thought that was it for me. And I was happy to, you know, have a good rest. And then yeah. getting that phone call, um, got that phone call, but I didn't really um, confirm or, you know, I really agreed to it yet. And I went yeah. back to work and I was just um, driving, you know, I was a delivery driver for a linen company called uh, Taylor's. And I was just driving around uh, doing my normal run. And I was just, this was on my mind, you know, I was just thinking of it. And um, I was just, you know, like, I was like, man, do I do I take this opportunity or, you know, I'm, I'm happy, like, my job's stable, um, you know, everyone's happy. Um, job is, uh, work is probably five to ten minutes away from home, so, you know, um, can't complain. Yeah. And um, it was probably two weeks later when I started to really think of it, and that's when I started to really take action and probably see that this was a big opportunity and probably um, one that I didn't want to slide. And, um, yeah, I probably remember, like, um, I was at work and I was like, uh, you know, I couldn't be here for the rest of my life, and be comfortable in my comfort zone and um, 
and you know be happy and you know be happy and just continue to live or I can actually do something um and I'm I'm a big believer in leaving a legacy and uh, yeah. I really wanted to leave a legacy uh you know for my kids and and to really show them that regardless how much times I you know fell down I, I stood up and um, I was ready to take you know to action so I knew this was uh, something scary for me because um if I had to <clears> confirm <throat> and um you know accept this opportunity uh, and I didn't um you know three months later and I uh, got the tap on the shoulder from my Alice saying you know I wasn't wanted I was left with sort of no job or uh, you know um back to square one and try to look for jobs so that's probably one of the things that uh, you know was pretty scary at the time if I had to take this opportunity and not getting it and then going back to square one and trying to look for another job where yeah. you know explain before you know um I was pretty secure with a job uh, um where I was before so yeah. I had a um yeah, had a lot of that to deal with in my mind and um yeah Nah, man, that's awesome, bro. That's and and there's so many great messages from that. You know what you shared, especially about you know taking the opportunities and you were it was scary at the time. You know, I believe that you know there's certain things that that uh, once we give, we can never get back, and that's you know time, what we say, our actions. But the biggest one is opportunities, and it's awesome yeah. that you took that, and it was a great message. So, and you took that opportunity with the with the Warriors, um, and then tell us a bit more sort of how it led to, obviously, you running out and making your debut for the boys. Yeah, no, um, I remember uh, probably <laughs> after three months, that was probably one of the scariest things, you know, it was D-Day for me. I was called into the office and um, I wasn't too sure, but I knew, you know, I had to give it my all. There was no turning back and, you know, for me, I had to go all in um, with that attitude. And uh, I remember just... Um, probably speaking to my, you know, uh, my CEO at the time, I told him, mate, I'm going to uh, leave this job. I'm going to, you know, resign, but give this NRL. Shared him with my dream, and it was, it was pretty good that he, I actually thought he wasn't going to support me, but he actually supported me, and he goes, mate, if you don't get, um, you know, um, the things that, you know, go well, your job's always available, and that gave me, you know, the extra push, knowing yeah. that uh, my work was supporting me as well. So I went and took it uh, with both hands, uh, the end of three months, I had a talk and, um, you know, they said that they were going to give me a, um, a full-time, you know, contract. And probably that was probably one of the, you know, happiest days ever, like, um, you know, after grinding for so long and actually, you know, um, you know, coming true now. And I was like, man, this is actually happening, you know. I'm, I'm literally just a couple of steps away from making this debut. And then I started the year off, uh, you know, professionally. It was all new to me, man, um, even travelling to Australia. So, yeah. so blessed that, I, um, you know, having a sort of a criminal record just sort of helped me back from um, getting a visa. So all of this was all new to me. Um, yeah. Getting, you know, another opportunity just to travel to Australia was such a blessing and a dream come true for me. So um, got a first trip over to Australia and I was just playing New South Wales Cup at the time yeah. and I just had to be, um, I had to stay hungry and focused for this opportunity. I wasn't too sure um, when that was going to come, but I knew I just had to um, stay ready, make sure I can do everything, you know, what I can control and that was doing my own job. Mm. And I think it was on round nine, um, I think Sam Rapira got, got injured and I was 18th man. And I'd been 18th man for um, a couple of weeks before. And, um, you know, I just realised when I was 18th man, I was like, man, one step away. But then you don't get your shot and then you just go back to New South Wales Cup and then 18th man again. And it was happening a few times. And it wasn't until we went to Wellington, um, you know, I was 18th man again and I just had to be ready. And then uh, he got injured in the captain's run and... Uh, 
that's when Matt, uh, you know, I was caught in uh, the change rooms, uh, not aware of anything. And uh, I remember Ruben Wiki and all the boys were standing there in a circle, and uh, that's when you know they actually called me in. And Ruben Wiki, you know, was so honoured. Um, he's one guy I sort of looked up to growing up. Uh, I got to play a game against him in 2009, uh, you know, against Samoan residents. And now here he is. I didn't know he was holding a jersey, and he actually uh, presented my uh, debut jersey and saying, no, "I'm going to make my debut." You know, the following day against the Bulldogs, and I remember that night. Uh, it still feels new now. I couldn't believe it. I probably didn't sleep. I was just looking at the ceiling, and I was just like uh, looking back, and I was like, "Man, this is actually happening." You know, um, yeah. Started, you know, called my wife, uh, told her straight away, and uh, what's actually happening, and then I was just full of excitement. You know, um, not knowing that this this dream that I had, you know, um, you know, was finally coming true. And, you know, um, yeah. even people that you know, um, sort of brush you off for saying you'll never debut, and, you know, all those um, negative thoughts or all those things that you read into, um, all that was coming, you know, and, and it all paid off, all the hard work and stuff, and that that's what was just circling in my mind, and I just couldn't wait to get out of the field, and, you know, and um, I remember uh, Carl Jennings, one of our trainers at the time, uh, and I still remember his words uh, to this day, you know, he goes, welcome, brother, welcome to the NRL. I just remember running onto that field, uh, buzzing and everything inside and made my first tackle going against the likes of Frank Pichard, um, Sam Cassiano and stuff. Yeah. You know, I couldn't even believe it. I was still on the field and I was like, Far out. I'm actually tackling again, going against you know the, the big guys. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome, man. And if you don't mind also, if we just sort of just touch on a little bit about that you actually brought it up about some of the stumbling blocks that you faced in travelling to Australia um, was with um, a, a criminal record. But so yes. what, what most people may not realise is that you're hearing the end goal or the end result of, uh, of Suya's hard work, but what you aren't really hearing is what he's actually come from. So if that's okay with you also, if we just, do you mind if we sort of just touch a bit on, on about some of the challenges that you actually had to overcome to get to where you are, if that's, yeah. if that's okay? Yeah, definitely. Um, like I said, where I first started, um, I started at Tatter to Roosters. Um, I, I was told even that time, because a few players before me were, were struggling and going through the same path that I went through, and I was reminded, and, and you know, they told me, oh, bro, there's no, there's no use with trying. Sorry, um, we've tried every um, we've tried every way. So you know, it's no use trying. But I couldn't let um, you know. I had to try it for myself. I had to make sure that I'd done everything I knew um, and give myself the best opportunity you know, I could. So I was faced with that already, knowing that I couldn't travel, having a criminal record, and you know, straight away um, um, they said that you know, having a criminal record, you can't travel to Australia, or you, you know, you got to apply for a special visa and. Um, yeah. I remember that was one of my biggest obstacles, but you know, through uh, faith, a lot of prayer and support from you know a lot of family and friends, man, um, I was able to uh, get my visa um, probably five years later. So it was all um, you know, it was all the right timing. But I guess within that five years, I was faced with a lot of doubt, like you know, is it worth trying? Because um, every year, you know, um, we have clubs sort of um, approach us for opportunity, but finding out that we couldn't travel. You know, no one wanted to give us an opportunity. So yeah. those are uh, one of the, the biggest ones um, was actually getting my visa before I can even make this you know, dream uh, possible. Um, 
so yeah, I I just knew um and um that I had to make sure that I could prepare um you know for an opportunity. You know, there's a saying goes, it's better to be ready for opportunity and and not get one than get opportunity and not be ready. So within those five years, I think it was a good um opportunity for me to uh, regardless, but um put that faith in action and regardless if you know if I couldn't see or get my contract uh, um you know through my visa, I had to just keep going and just give myself because I owe it to myself. You know, to yeah. give myself the best opportunity. Yeah. Nah, man, that's awesome. And it's, uh, it's definitely, uh, I guess, a part of your story that inspires um, a lot of people, even myself. But also looking at sort of how you were able to overcome that challenge. So if we look at, I guess, from your story, the, the place where you were at, um, so what this relates to. So when you were obviously... Um, had been charged and you had uh, done done some time. When you reflected of your time in there, because what I think most people don't realize is is the resilience that you've showed to get to where you are. When, can you can you remember sort of what was going through your mind in order for you to finally achieve this when you were obviously doing that? Yeah, um, I sort of yeah going right back. Um, I remember I I failed my. Uh, I found my family, you know, my daughter missing her first birthday. And I guess that was the biggest wake-up call for me as a father, um, you know, being inside prison, um, not being there for her first first birthday and, you know, my family and, um, you know, growing and starting a family without me, that was the biggest wake-up call for me. Uh, I had to start, uh, take action and responsibility for my action and actually do something about it. And, um, you know, I went shy away from it, um, you know, out of desperation. That's where I sort of... Um, cried out to God and man I just said a simple prayer and it was it was that day that was a defining moment for me um, that gave me the hope to stand up you know four seven rise eight uh, mentality and uh, I knew I had to regardless of how much of a stuff up I was or how many mistakes I you know made in life uh, I'm going to show my my daughter uh, you know my wife uh, my family because I owe it uh, to them as well um, that I'm going to stand up from this and that's where I saw the hunger and, you know, um, to actually do something about it. Um, you know, and uh, I remember looking back, um, you know, I'm from West Auckland. I started to think, uh, man, I need to start representing West Auckland, the school I come from. You know, is there actually an NRL player that came from, you know, my primary school, intermediate school? I started to put in all that into action. I was like, man, actually, I, I can actually do something for them, for my community, you know, and, uh, and rise up for them. And that's where all that hunger came from, man. And, and I look back now, I think it would have been selfish of me not to um, put myself through this, you know, um, through these challenges and obstacles that I faced, even though it was so hard, um, you know. Mm. I, you know, I owe it to, you know, myself and my family to actually stand and, and rise from this. So, um, <clears throat> no, that's where my hunger and motivation came from, and um, I'm able to always look back, even when things get tougher, to where I've sort of come now. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, uh, man, that's such a powerful story testimony um also and, and i really do appreciate you sharing that and i know that the people that are watching um will, will definitely have been touched so but and and it's uh you know it's touched me every time I, I hear you share it so thank you so much um but there's a there's a cool story here that i would love for you to share around this about how you got selected and then you traveled to um the uk um do you mind sharing that story with our viewers? Because it's, it's, 
yeah, when I first heard it, it was, yeah, I couldn't believe it. But, yeah, do you know which one, I'm, the story that um, I, I want? Yeah. Is it the, when I went to the World Cup? Yeah, with the visa? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Easy. <laughs> um, so, um, 2013 was a massive year for me, uh, not only achieving uh, my dream, which was to play in the NRL, but I was in and, uh, you know, I was backwards, forwards with uh, the Auckland Vulcans. And I remember at the end of the year, I was, you know, that was it. We didn't uh, do too well. But, um, man, one of my dreams, man, uh, was to actually um, represent Samoa, you know, tour Samoa. And, you know, at the end of the year, they were, my eyes were on the World Cup. But, you know, not playing much in a row, um, having, you know, not really putting myself out there. Um, you know, that was sort of uh, where, where I had my focus on. And um, I remember the season finished and um, I was praying. I was like, man. Uh, and and started to think as well. I was like, man, imagine if I did get selected for Tops or more. Man, you know, how, how good that would have been, you know, um, would have been probably the, one of the biggest, you know, blessings. And I started just to think, and um, I was like, oh, um, in two weeks' time, they're going to name the train-on squad. So, man, how how awesome would that be if, um, you know, I was named in the train-on squad, you, you know, someone that, uh, you know, from a past of mine, um, you know, can, I was just being happy just to have my name on the train-on squad. Yeah. And then, um, you know, the day came when they named the train on squad and I saw my name on there and I was going, oh, wow, fire up, man. Um, man, how good is this? Because, uh, you know, I couldn't believe it. And then the real reality was um, there was two weeks before they actually named the World Cup squad and I was thinking to myself, man, um, I would really love to go, man, but, you know, facing the biggest obstacles, like, you know, one massive obstacle was to, to go to Australia, but now I'm facing another big one going to the UK. And I remember ringing a guy named Mark Garside in, in Australia, and I don't know how I got his number, but I just rang him. And he goes, hey, man, um, I'm, you know, planning to, you know, um, apply for my visa, going to the World Cup. And he goes, yeah, yeah, mate, yeah, you come for a um, Easy, mate, we'll sign, sign some stuff and we'll email some papers for you. When are you going? When are you planning to go? Well, I'm planning if I get selected, uh, we'll be needed in two weeks. And he goes, mate, are you joking? Mate, it's... The visas and that usually take three to four months before, you know, it has to get in Manila, before it gets processed, going back to Canberra, Canberra back to Sydney, back to Australia, before we even get a look at it. Because, mate, you must be nuts um, trying to apply for it. Because, mate, you just got to apply for it, mate. And that was just me full of uh, faith and hope and just excited. You know, it's like, it's better just to give myself that opportunity. And, you know, I would have been happy if I, you know, I prepared the best I could and not get it. And that's what I did. Um, two weeks, man, I probably had a stack of papers like this. And I had to email, fill out a lot of forms, going back and forth. Didn't have a printer at the time. So I was doing it, I was going to the normal internet shop and filling out paperwork. And, and it was tough, man. You know, and uh, we were praying about it at the same time with wife and, you know, family and close friends. And, uh, yeah, the two weeks came and I was like, mate, I did everything I knew I, I could. The rest was in, you know, prayer. Yeah. Because this was I actually the two visa. Weeks, this was the yeah. visa that you needed to enter the UK, eh? Yeah, because Australia was good. So yeah. I finally got that. Five years that I got that. Now, this was another obstacle going to the UK. Yeah. And they were really strict at, um, as well with, um, you know, um, criminal records. Yeah. So that was a massive hill. And for the guy to say three or four months, I was like, man, I better just prepare anyway. And two weeks came and I was like, man. Um, they finally named the team and, you know, I got a phone call the night before that I made a team and I was like, oh, man, that was the best, man. I was cheering. Told the family, mum and dad were happy, wife was happy. Um, just to see the smile on my dad's face as well after what I put them through as well was, you know, um, 
say fulfilling and then um, I was thinking to my mind now when am I going to tell the coach uh, I haven't got my visa <laughs> so he was the coach was already explaining to me hey mate um, this is your flight these two to Australia we're going to stay there for the weekend and then we're going to go from the weekend and then fly from Sydney to to, uh, to the UK and I was yeah mate oh, I'll be there <laughs> pack my bags and everything uh, man, I didn't even I hadn't even got my visa yet or anything and then um, I remember on the flight I was going far mate wonder what the team, uh, wonder what the coach is going to think when they find out, um, you know, that I can't even travel to uh, to England. But, you know, I was like, nah, man, I've got to enjoy the process. And I uh, went over to Australia, um, met all the boys, and it was a blessing to meet all the other brothers from, you know, Tosa Moore and got into camp, and, man, it was the best. And then, uh, you know, we spent three days in Sydney before we uh, we went to the airport. And, this, and then, man, man, oh, man, I was feeling the fear. The heart was pumping and everything. I was going, oh, I don't know how they're going to take this, you know. Oh, probably going to be on media and all that kind of stuff. And I was like, oh, you know what? I've come this far, you know, just, let's go all the way. So I just remember going through the customs. And I was like, oh, everyone was going through customs. And um, I still hadn't got my visa. And I was like, yeah, you know what? Stuff it. Uh, pulled out my passport, pulled out my thing. Just as I was going to pass it to the counter, um, I just received the email. And I picked my phone up and I just said, congratulations, you got your visa to the UK. <laughs> and it was like, and I, you know, at that time, I just started bawling. And I was just crying. I was like, no way. So uh, another, like, sort of, um, you know, open door, something that was impossible uh, became possible. And I just remember crying. I looked at uh, BJ Lelua and um, I don't know if they remember this, but BJ Lelua and um, Tim Lafay were right next to me. And I was looking at them and I was like, bro, you didn't actually wipe my tears. Like, bro, you didn't actually know what just happened. But I just, yeah. so I was looking at it, I was, that, I was that happy. No one knew, no one had any idea um, what, you know, what I, was, I was facing at the time. So I was just happy and well, it was a uh, 24-hour flight, I think. And man, I was cheering the whole way through. And I, I thank God for that, um, that open door, that opportunity. And I still look back now, but that usually gets me through, especially when I face tough times. Yeah, uh, like, man, if you've done it once, you, you know, he'll do it again. And I'll... Uh, and I don't even know if uh, the team or the coach uh, knew at the time, but uh, <laughs> I got through, so that's the main thing. Yeah, man, that's awesome, man. I love hearing hearing that story. Um, and, uh, and, you know, congratulations again on that, making the tour. But you also represented the Kiwis as well. How was that yeah. uh, for you when you first got named and, and playing for the, for the Kiwis as well? Yeah, um, you know, to be honest, um, it was a massive... Um, like massive blessing. Hey, um, I remember getting named for both teams at the time because Samoa was in the Four Nations, and it was probably one of the hardest uh, decisions that I I was faced. Um, one because my heart was, uh, you know, with to Samoa to represent, but also um, just being born. You know, that's um, I guess every kid that born in New Zealand is either the All Blacks or the Kiwis. You, that's you know, that's something on your heart. And and for me, I was split in the middle, and I don't know really um, how to look at this or um, take this on board. Because um, I really wanted to represent, um, you know, Samoa, but at the same time, um, the Kiwis. And I really, you know, it took me like two weeks. Uh, you know, I was probably faced with the same, um, the same um, sort of feeling that I did before. Like I, I, I was surrounded with um, so much pressure. Um, didn't really, you know, how am I going to actually make this you know, final decision? Yeah. And with a lot of uh, prayer with uh, wife, uh, close family, you know, um, you know, I really had to look back. Um, you know, on my journey 
and you know I've learned coming through that um, opportunities don't often um, you know come come um, twice and you know, for me um, you know I take this opportunity or toss some more but then I'm a big believer in um, going all out um, you know living life to the fullest with no regrets and yeah. I didn't want to have that regret uh, later on down in life um, if I didn't take the Kiwis and, and like I mentioned that was one of the um, dreams of mine you know one of the bucket lists to represent the Kiwis and if I was to miss this and not come, I probably would have lived in regret, and or you know it would have been a um, a probably yeah, that was probably something that I couldn't live with. So that was probably the, one of the final um, decisions that uh, made me go to the Kiwis that year. And for yeah. me, just to be part of the training squad and be in the squad, um, uh, that was probably uh, like I couldn't explain it, but it was um, you know like coming from from where I was. And, to saying that the NRL was not even possible and then yeah. going to the UK, uh, representing to Samoa in the World Cup and even being in the World Cup to representing uh, the Kiwis and the actual Four Nations, um, just that, you know, I was like, uh, just to be in the team I'll, and rub shoulder with, uh, you know, the, the greats of the game. Oh, man, I was yeah. just like a little uh, little kid, you know, cheering inside and um, I did finally get an opportunity to, to debut. So even that was um, a massive blessing itself. And was yeah. and it was against the uh, former teammates to Samoa, so it was a uh, um, as much as hard um, to play against the brothers. Um, you know, I had to sort of um, share that away and um, give my all for you know for the jersey and you know for the Kiwis. Yeah, man, that's awesome. It's uh, <clears throat> it really is such a, a powerful story that you have also, and one that I know that you have a real burning desire and a passion to share it which is leading me on to my next question, which is um, you, so you currently still uh, uh, play in the NRL, but one of the things that, that most people probably aren't aware of is that you love sharing your story and you actually have been doing a lot of public speaking uh, for, for many years now. And how, how did that sort yeah. of first start for you? Um, I probably, yeah, I'm probably going way back, um, probably getting an opportunity um, yeah, probably get an opportunity from uh, one of the good mates back in New Zealand, uh, Infi, I think. Um, yeah, he invited me um, to out in a sort of a youth group um, in Mount Ruskell. Yeah. So uh, out central New Zealand, if uh, you're, you're, you're unaware. And um, he asked me to just to share the journey. I hadn't played NRL or anything at that time. Yeah. But uh, and public speaking, if you, know, if you knew me back when I was growing up, um, or anyone that knew me uh, back then, public speaking, uh, you'll never see me up there with a mic or anything. Um, I was one of the kids uh, when it came to speech in primary school. But I'd tell dad that I was sick for a week <laughs> you know, before I go back to school when, uh, you know, the, when I knew the speeches were over. Or, um, you know, for White Sunday, for example, um, you know, usually in the Samoan church. Not the White Sundays. A... <laughs> I see. Not the local Mikey. I see. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that that was probably um, I used to cry to my old man. I says, "No, I can't go. I can't do it." So that was my yeah. biggest fear, actually, um, <clears throat> public speaking. But I think given um, getting the opportunity from Infi back then, um, that sort of uh, birthed a, a, a passion of mine to actually um, go out there and you know just share and make a difference to one person's life and to reach yeah. out to the one and sort of just you know if I can just inspire the one just to give them hope and hopefully they don't go down the path that I went down or just to share them that, um, you know, um, regardless of where you are in life, um, you can um, change and you can change the you know, direction you are. 
here's just a yeah. few steps and then I just share them sort of the steps and, you know, the actions that I sort of took and passed that and just give them that message that there is yeah. hope, you know, no matter how, uh, how tough the journey is or, you know, how, how hard it gets or whatever obstacles or, um, you know, challenges you face. And the important thing is, is to not let those challenges and stuff define you. Yeah. Yeah. Nah, that's awesome, man. So we'll just, um, we'll just lighten it up a bit. Also, we'll just share, uh, yeah. I'll just ask you a few lighthearted questions and then we'll open it up to the viewers that are watching to, to ask you some questions. So, um, yeah, easy. if you were to, if you were to be mentored by one person, who would it be and why? Um, yeah, to be honest, you, <laughs> um, <laughs> And it's a it's a blessing, you know, just to cross paths with you. But yeah, to be honest with you, because uh, yeah, you probably don't know, but you know, you, you inspire me, especially uh, I used to look up to you and a few of the other warrior players when uh, you know back in that era when you were playing. Um, yeah. Man, it was it was good. But to see your journey as well, um, I can uh, relate to it in um, a few ways. And to see where you've um, you've gone and you know come, you know, uh, I've learned sometimes, you know, or if you want to get anywhere in life, you've got to surround yourself with, you know, the, the same people, you know, the same passion. And uh, that's something that, you know, I, I see what you're doing. You're making a massive change uh, where you are, to, uh, you know, where you're based. And that's what, you know, I want the same. Oh, man. Wow, that's, uh, I did not expect that. So uh, <laughs> thanks a lot, man. Uh, I really do appreciate it. And to, and to, and to add to that, um, I guess working alongside you, I've known you for for a little while now but also that you're inspiring me as well so you know yeah. through um i guess working together we're helping each other achieve our dreams and goals so yeah which has been awesome, awesome. Man. and uh, and i do really appreciate um again you taking the time to to have a chat to me um now i've forgotten what the other questions were <laughs> um who's your fun funniest teammate um well you have you have heaps eh? uh Oh, I probably say Josh Hoffman at uh, at this stage, just off the top of my head. Yeah, uh, he's a he's a he's a character. He gets everyone laughing uh, when the moods are down, and whenever you are, whatever type of uh, you know, training, uh, he's one that can put a smile on your face. Yeah, I mean, um, teammate who thinks they can sing. Oh, uh, probably say Brad Takarangi. <laughs> <laughs> I think he, he can sing, he can uh, dance and that, but I've seen it. Uh, <laughs> you don't want to listen to it. <laughs> well, you know, one you know one guy I saw sing on his Instagram stories was Kenny Edwards. Yeah, no man, I've been man. telling him, man, he, he needs to take it up. He's he's got a uh, he's got a beast of a voice, and I've been yeah. telling him, man, you. I've been serious. He's been laughing about it. I was going, bro, you need to seriously <laughs> go and do something with your voice because he's got a yeah, powerful voice. Yeah. I love li uh, listening to him. Um, I could listen to him all day at training, you know, if he wants to sing. Yeah. But yeah, he's got a powerful, powerful voice, man. The world needs to all hear right. it. Mean. So what we'll do now is we'll start to, uh, we'll start to open it up uh, to yeah. anyone that has any questions um, that you'd like to ask. So yeah. Um, here we go. Great job, man. So happy. So can you see the questions as well, bro? Oh, yeah, I think. All oh. right. So we'll, we'll just have a, we'll just pick a couple. Yeah. There's a lot of great comments here. 
I reckon if your life story could reach the wider community, so many lives would be changed, inspiring. Totally agree, Jamie. Um, you know, Sawyer's story is one of inspiration, but also one of hope, resilience. Um, so many great messages, especially he just dropped a, a couple of gems just, uh, just here now with me. So, um, no, I have to agree with you there, mate. Um, let's have a look. A lot of great encouragement. Any chance of you playing for the Kiwis again? This is from Wilson. Joshua William. <clears throat> yeah, um, yeah, probably like I mentioned earlier on, um, opportunities you know don't often um, present itself. So I, I guess if it did, um, you know, present itself, um, I probably you know go with both hands. Uh, first things first, I've got to uh, give it my all and um, take care of what's in front of me, and that's uh, trying to get back into you know first grade. So yeah, I'll try and master that first before I go to the next thing. But yeah, um, it will definitely be a massive blessing and opportunity to, to grab that. Awesome. Uh, here's a question here from Jordan Nicaroma. Best player you've ever played with? Um, That's always a hard one to answer, eh? Yeah, it is probably a hard one. Um, i played with <laughs> so many great players Yeah. Um, uh, throughout the career, but um, yeah, it's, it's really hard. Um, what do you reckon? What best player in the NRL or going uh, through the any, any, any player, best player you've ever, you've ever played with? Oh yeah, I'll probably say Ben Matalino. Oh, uh, yeah, he was Please. one guy, and um, one guy sort of seen him do the damage of his shoulders. Um, you know, um, when I was playing for uh, Teddy Roosters, and you know, coming through the local local footy, and then yeah. uh, being able to uh, be his roommate while I was at the Warriors, man, it was probably the best thing, man. He's one of the most humblest guys off the field, but yeah. on the field, he, he knows how to. Uh, he knows how to use his shoulders and, and, and whack people. So I guess there was one player I used to love running the side. Yeah, no, nah, definitely right, um, Ben. I'll share a little story. When My last year at, at the Cowboys was the first year I've done the 20s. And uh, I remember we were playing the Warriors at uh, Dairy Farmers. But before us was the 20s game. And, and this was yeah. Ben was playing in the 20s. And I remember watching him. He absolutely destroyed our under-20s by himself. And... Um, that was the first time I, I had seen him. And I actually think he got, yeah, he, he made his debut the following year. So I've always rated Ben. Um, yeah. um, me personally, I would have liked to see him stay on the, in the edge um, at yeah. second row. But um, no, nah, he's, um, he's definitely a player of quality, man. Yeah. Um, let's, uh, let's go to a few more. Um, what is your why? This is a good one. Thanks, Karen. Uh, what is your why? What motivates you and keeps you focused and on track? Yeah, I have to say my why is my family, my kids. I'm a huge believer in um, you know being solid for for them. And um, if I um, you know if I want to see the you know if I want to see the changes in them or um, to be motivated as them, but it all starts with me. I got to lead the way. So whenever yeah. things get tough, I always reminded and I look back to my my why, and that's uh, my wife, uh, my kids. Um, wanted to show them, you know, like like I mentioned before early on, you know, four seven but rise eight uh, mentality, and you know they can live with that. Uh, they can see that and um, and learn from learn from my mistakes, and uh, you know, hopefully when they grow, uh, they don't make the same mistakes that I did. Yeah, now that's awesome. It's so important to have a, a real powerful why, um, and you know, it's it helps us to look at the bigger picture, the bigger vision that we have. 
for our life and why we do what we do. So whenever we're faced yeah. with challenges, I, I believe that our why is what keeps us going and, and busting through and overcoming them. So yeah, thanks for sharing that. Great, great question, Karen. Um, Nat Asso, who was your all-time favorite player who inspired you? Um, I'd probably say uh, Michael Jones, um, for especially, you know, like I said, I'm huge in um, legacy and he's definitely lived the legacy and um, I have one to follow, but I love the way um, he wasn't, um, he was he was just all action and, you know, he still has that same effect now and um, I was so blessed that he, he was able to uh, present our jersey uh, last year, um, you know, in the World Cup for Tosa Moore and so inspirational yeah. and um, he got to share, you know, it was was so good and you know I think it was a dream come true and something that I remember you know that would be one of the biggest highlights um, actually meeting face to face yeah that's awesome we'll go one more question and this is from John um, do you have any other passions besides footy yeah um, one we spoke earlier on about uh, public speaking I guess uh, that passion to uh, make, a, make a difference in the world and reach out to the one to um, hopefully, uh, when 40, 40 does finish um, public speaking or rolling into that, um, where I can not only um, you know, go around to schools or prisons or um, you know, corporates and, and share or you know, be key, uh, keynote speakers in any place that would be one of the, the passions for me. And probably one of the biggest dreams is to um, you know, travel the world and uh, yeah. doing that. Yeah, I really yeah. want to make, make a difference, leave a legacy and uh, inspire the one and give hope to people. Yeah, man, 100%, bro, 100%. So if you're watching and you're looking for a speaker, someone to inspire your team, school, or any event, so he has got his fan page that you can reach him at um, and also on Instagram, just give him a private message. Um, and he just shared a little bit around his story um, that I know it's already touched a few people um, just by the comments that they've shared. So um, we'll probably... Before we wrap it up, I'll just hand it over back to you. Also, if there's one message that you would like to leave or take away um, with our viewers, um, what would that be? Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I guess um, one of my favorite speakers, um, Les Brown, and he goes, one of the richest places um, in this earth is uh, the cemetery because uh, a lot of people die uh, with their dreams or um, ideas that weren't invented or songs that weren't written and stuff and uh, for me uh, and one thing I look back and take on my journey is um, I didn't want to die with that desire that dream that I had inside and I didn't want to let the obstacles or circumstances that I was facing at the time um, stop me from going out there and making a difference and leaving a legacy so if anything I was to leave you with um, will be if I can go from being into prison not knowing how to play rugby league um, and coming out playing, you know, at the age of 19 and set a goal and, and achieve it and travel the world, um, how much more can you achieve and what's stopping you? And, uh, yeah, I, I guess, uh, you know, go out there, you owe it to yourself. I really believe uh, everyone um, has, you know, has, has purpose. Um, you know, you have greatness, you know, inside you. And I didn't know that mm. until, um, you know, I was faced with these challenges and um, hitting rock bottom. But, you know, one thing is I've learned you don't have to wait or you don't have to hit rock bottom to actually realize that you yeah. have something inside you. You know, you got to know it. And um, if you don't know yourself, um, surround yourself with people that are going to actually speak life into you. Um, and that's one thing I've done or I look back is just to go 
surround yourself with people that you have the same passion and dream and, you know, like-minded and you'll eventually get to your place you want to go. But go out there, you owe it to yourself. If not to yourself, to your family to actually go out there and um, strive for greatness and live a dream and leave a legacy, not only for yourself, but, you know, for the next generation. Ooh-wee. Oh, man. <laughs> if that didn't inspire you, I don't know what will. Thanks for lending me your ear. If you got value out of that, please follow, subscribe, and also share this episode. And head over to athleteempire.co.nz, subscribe to our newsletter, and start to be part of this awesome community of athletes who want to be able to not only give back, but start turning their passions outside of sport into a profession and start generating a profit. Now is the time to be your athlete CEO.